0: What are some of the challenges that you see? Because you you do need a Tony Stark to do FedRAMP. You do need someone who knows what's going on. You can't have a tool ab- and abdicate everything to it. Otherwise, you get the mediocre result you deserve, right? So tell us, what, what are some of the challenges that you see generally when people are going into FedRAMP?
1: One of the biggest challenges is resources. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of people that have the expertise and the know-how. Um, and so... One, getting them is expensive, um, and, and two, the process is long, so it takes a while. Um, a lot of that has been documentation, you know, mm-hmm. getting the system ready, getting uh, your your environment set up, and and and. Paramify has done a great job of helping to reduce at least the the documentation preparation side of that and the manage of that. And that also helps with the resourcing, meaning that you don't need as many resources to manage. um, Manage the the, the documentation and and keep that going forward. And and I know you guys are looking at other areas where you can help improve and reduce what's needed in terms of, of resources, but everywhere I've been, I've always lacked for, for resources, having resources and the budget from the company to, to be able to spend to do that. And so it's a constant battle of trying to uh, do more with less and being able to have a, a solution out there like Paramify to help with that is just, just amazing. Welcome everybody to the Paramify
0: podcast. I'm your host Kenny, my co-host Keaton. And we are delighted today for this special guest, very special guest, one of my dear friends, Brad Bartholomew, Fedramp, genius, extraordinaire. Yes, yet yeah, you are. Uh and um it's just such a pleasure to have you on, Brad. Thanks. Thank you, Kenny. Thanks for
1: the invitation. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. good to be here. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're awesome. We've um so on other podcasts I've talked about My story of like how Paramify started and um, just to to touch on it, um, when I went into compliance 17 years ago, I felt like I was a bad fit, like right at the very beginning. I don't want to make this about me. I want to make this, (laughs) but it is Brad is uh, a key person in my life and our story right at Paramify. And a lot of people don't know about that. Um, uh, 17 years ago, I, I took a job at PwC and I felt like I was a bad fit. Um, I didn't really, uh, understand, you know, the value I was pr- producing and I also didn't understand risk management. I didn't understand a lot of the things that we're trying to do. And so it's always been a struggle and it wasn't until I started leaning to the things that were really painful for me that I kind of started to get excited about my career. Um, Brad's already, you know, you know, he, he understands, right. And, uh, um, I, when I leaned into the things that are hard, Stephen Covey talks about in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talks about that when you focus on the problems that are within your sphere of influence, you tend to grow your sphere of influence. And that was my experience in uh, cybersecurity and governance, risk, and compliance. There's a lot of friction. So I started off, you know, and, and got some great opportunities at American Express doing cyber for, for a bank. And then got to go over to Adobe and I got hired. And then right away, Brad got hired and we were doing very similar things, except he got the responsibility for doing FedRAMP. <laughs> <And> <laughs> your role was a, a lot though there. It was. right. <laughs> so tell me about, I can't remember. Do you remember when we first met? I remember at Adobe.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> and it's funny because um, I was looking at the questions that as we prepared for this podcast and, and one of them was, you know, how did you hear about Paramify? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? well, <laughs> Kenny called me up one day and said, guess what? I changed the name of my company. It's now Paramify. <laughs> but actually it goes back to what you're you're mentioning when we yeah. met at Adobe. And I think it was, if not my first day, it was the first week. Um, somehow I was at Kenny's desk and meeting Kennedy, Kenny and he was sitting there showing me this cool spreadsheet he had that <laughs> looking at all of these common controls and how they're related to NIST. And, and, uh, anyway, so uh, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. This is, this is good stuff. And, and to go back even further, cause I think there's a more of a backstory here. Yeah. You know? Um, so in high school I loved computers and went to, to BYU and wanted to study computer science. Um, and, but up to that point, I hadn't had any jobs in computers. And it was, you know, doing food services, pizza delivery, whatever. <laughs> but my second year of, of college was about halfway through. I had this uh, job delivering Wall Street Journal. Um, that's when they actually delivered the papers in the morning at 2 a.m. And and it just wasn't working for me. And uh, so I was like, I need to get a job in computers. And so applied for some jobs and uh, the, BYU Mail Services gave me an interview. Went in, met with the guys, like, okay, let's tell me about your experience. I'm like, well, I don't have any, but I, you know, other than taking classes in high school and college related to computers, and and he asked me one question. He says, how do you feel about documentation?
2: <laughs> Are you
1: serious? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told him, I said, well, can't say that I'm excited about it, but I'm willing to do it. <laughs> That is wild. And that is so so, so he hired me. He said, because of your honest answer, he goes, I love that. And you're hired. And so my first <laughs> job in computers was doing some database stuff, but you know keeping up on some documentation. And so fast forward to when I came to Adobe, just before I came to Adobe, I was at, a, I was at Deloitte um, and I had just yeah. finished doing a, a security assessment for the state of Utah. And so I got very familiar and intimate with the NIST framework. And because of that, Adobe reached out to me and and said, "Hey, we're trying to do this FedRAMP thing, you know NIST." And I was like, "Yeah, I can spell it." And mm. <laughs> and they said, "Well, will you come on and help us." And so yeah, I got started there at Adobe doing doing FedRAMP, and and it turned out the first year and a half was um, helping to rewrite documentation <laughs> that a consulting company came in to do for us that was not really well done. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean. Where's their incentive to really make, he, and, and, I mean, their ability. When you have a consultant come in, usually, to do documentation, they're like, um, I don't know what the process is for this. And with FedRAMP, you now, you know, in a FedRAMP high system, you have 827 requirements, you know, yeah. that you got to know about. And so they're, you know, the business model typically, not all consultants. There's some great, great more forward-thinking consultants that we're actually working with, but the the biz, the thinking is as well it's fine i mean it's the, if if someone wants to sell to the navy for a huge multimillion dollar contract they're just going to spend whatever the cost is for FedRAMP. and so the the way that they do it typically i mean Brad interject please if you want but they're going part a part b1 part b2 yep um all the way a, ac1 all the way through si16 and um it it can be pretty brutal for them from like a like you know a satisfaction right because they're just getting you know somebody who is can document right who can do an interview with the DevOps person and go I think I understand it and they write it and then they have to go back to the DevOps person and talk to them and say is this how it was and they're like mm. And the DevOps person has like real work to do and they're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> <It
1: is. laughs> yeah exactly and that's one of the biggest challenges especially for consultants coming in to do that is. You need, really need an understanding of the business, um, whereas the consultants understand the NIST framework, but when you try and read it, it doesn't read and flow sequentially like you, know, you would talk to a, a DevOps person with. And so making that translation is not easy. And that's, that's what I've loved about Paramify and, and mm-hmm. just the approach is just how uh, risk solutions make so much sense, um, because that's the language that companies speak. How do you onboard a user? And you can talk through that. Um, and does that map paragraph or paragraph into an SSP with with the NIST framework? Not necessarily, but but I think that's just the beauty of what you've been able to develop and 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 put into place. And having spent that that you know year and a half putting together rewriting documentation, getting to know that, and then um, after that experience, you know, getting pulled over to another company, I was almost like, I don't want to spell Fedramp again. <laughs> Especially <laughs> documentation and and this is kind of how, you know, we began is because I got went over to a new new role in a new company and they needed help to to create two or three other, you know, packages for documentation for their products and I'm like, uh, I need somebody to come in and help because <laughs> I don't know if I have the energy for this and <laughs> and that's when i called up kenny and and kenny had started his company and and he came on board and and helped us do that and said i'm not going to do this either at least not the <laughs> traditional way <laughs> i'm going to automate this and make this a little bit easier and and he's done a lot of people good by by taking that approach oh uh, thanks brad i mean
0: it really is it was i mean brad's being nice but at first like i um i really was done because even after doing common controls framework I mean the, the 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 limitation with common controls framework we found was um if you didn't have the context for what you know common control meant like um maybe it was a provisioning process and it explains you know people are, you know uh only authorized users get access to you know production systems or something like that I I I know that's not what it is but um even when you know that if you take away the context from someone who's never seen the common controls before like um, okay so who is asking this Um, what do what are they expecting we need to deliver and then finally how do I need to report on that and so we actually didn't have an a a solution for that at Adobe at that time either and where we found the efficiencies was uh, maybe on the assessment side because we would tell the developers, "Don't worry about it. Just give me your configuration for like your sssd.conf file, um, and make sure that that's sending over the correct logs to the Splunk server." And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah." And we would try to keep it at the components and capability level, and that really resonated for the developers. Uh, but there's so much more to uh, to assurance than just you know getting evidence of of a, of a thing, it's planning, right? It's planning, how do you, what are your people, places, and things? What is? What are the things that you're dealing with, the Lego blocks that you've got? And then it's the assessment, and so we had the, the, the understanding where we were working with, together, and you had major understanding, because Brad, Brad also had an operations role at Adobe, right? So you, not yeah. only were yeah. you supposed to do all that, but you were also operating the controls doing all the technical. So it was like, wow. it was incredible what they did and they built really cool uh, solutions and it was really tight. You know what they did, but it took you guys a while, right. To get all that. Right? You did, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I was done. Yes. I, I mean, I was like, I think I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to really do this hedge fund. And literally I was like, Oh, I like Brad. I'm just going to just go out to lunch with Brad. I'm like, Brad, do you want to go to lunch? I'll take you out to lunch. And it was in and out. It was nothing. <laughs> yeah. like it. And he was like, Yeah, I'm like, it's on me, man. It's on me. And this was before hyperinflation and you know, J Powell and all that stuff, right? So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This was this was before hyperinflation and yeah, and I'm like, It's on me, Brad. And he's like, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. He's like, Ooh, five bucks appreciate Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh yeah, no worries, no worries. There's more where that came from. And I was like talking about my hedge fund and he's like, Okay, well, I really need help with FedRamp and I didn't know that, that content so that's that's a new situation for me and i'm like i don't know let's just get these guys i'm like they can do it and it was a it was a morning in october 2019 and i remember getting the text from brad i think 7:32 a.m i don't remember which day but i had already <laughs> lost a lot of money in the stock market that day and i was feeling especially humble and i said here's my right brad and he's like he's like done okay that's good and I'm like I mean here's my rate and he's like look we're just gonna get a budget and let's see what we can do <laughs> and so <laughs> it's so funny and then he took me to a nice restaurant and he paid and I felt like okay man I gotta do this yeah, now, now. Yeah. but I'm like I don't wanna do the thing I don't wanna oh my gosh dude it's like purgatory it's like whatever and if that's a thing I mean it felt like uh Yeah. but um but um how I did it is I listened to that SSP. I had an AI read it to me. And there oh, really? Good voice, there weren't good voices <laughs> back then, but I would go on a run and I would listen to it because I was into fitness still. Yeah. I have been out of it. I would listen to it over and over again. And I had some like errors in like my thing that I listened to. So it's like, um, it, would, it would read out the originations and I'm like, I got to fix this. But it was a service provider, system specific, service provider, corporate hybrid it would, it, would, it, would, it would read out i'm like yeah i already that's know true. so i know all the originations really well they're like memorized <laughs> they're burned into my head yeah. but but then but i did actually learn how you guys had organized i'm like well yeah there's commonality and that's a copy paste and that's a copy paste and that's that makes no sense and and so we together me and brad built out um risk risk solutions like the the data model like we built it out together oh, wow. and um and uh, we just had a great time with really good people you know building it out and i was like okay right we did the thing and man behind the curtain pressed you know here's run it and there did it work like yeah, we loved it. I'm like, okay. I hope to never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> we kept calling him and calling him. <laughs> and then he's like, hey, we got another system. How long is it going to take? I'm like, I don't know, like a month. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and we were done in like a day or two days. And I'm like, hey, so what else are we going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and that was when we're like, okay, like let's figure this out. And that's when the pain really started. <laughs> right oh, <yeah. laughs> for Prampit, <'cause> <laughs> Those were the good times were over after that because then it's like okay now I know I need to do this business cuz this is going to be a benefit for other people. And Brad, uh honestly, if Brad's not here, I mean Paramify's not here, right? So uh, anyways. You're too kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's our history, right? So yep. Um I don't yeah, know, that's Keith, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so and cool. and so it's it's high time we have this this conversation together. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your
2: question? Your next one? Yeah, yeah. well I mean, I mean, it's so cool here in the backstory between like you two, and then this is literally how Paranify came to be. Um, so, like a couple of weeks ago, um, you guys also had the opportunity to work on an ATO package together once again. Um, and I remember hearing some of the context where it was like, "Oh, they need it within like a week," and that sounds kind of crazy, right? You, you need a full <laughs> ATO package in like a week? What? And you, I remember you guys got done in about like five hours. So I would just. Love for you guys to tell me a little bit more about that, and
1: yeah, let me <laughs> uh, let me give a little backstory with with this. So, yeah, um, started working with a new company um, back in April of last year, and um, this this company has a sister company, and um, over the last year year and a half, they lost a lot of their FedRAMP uh, personnel. FedRamp is just hot, you know. In terms of if you, you've got FedRamp experience, a lot of people are looking for that, and so people are shuffling, going around. Anyways, um, they've they've been they've been scrambling, and and this last year, the NIST 800-53 Framework Rev uh, 4 or Rev 5 got approved, and a plan was given for all the current FedRamp authorizations to get it in place, and basically they have. Uh, about a year more or less, depending on their situation, but there are certain milestones they had to reach. And this sister company of ours, um, they had been coming to me for help because they didn't have very many resources uh, off and on for the last you know six months or so. And um, come January this year, um, they they came to me and said, hey, we've we've got a deliverable on January 16th, I think was the date. And um, oh. this was like you know a week and a half before that. And we're supposed to have the new Rev five SSP and I hadn't heard of this requirement before for you know, for my company that I'm working with. And um, I'm like digging into it trying to understand why why do you guys have that deliverable and come to find out because their authorizations through the jab, they had some more specific requirements from the jab on, on those deliverables. And we we talked to them and said, Okay, what have you got in place? And they said, Well, we haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know and they're they're barely trying to keep up with the conmon and let alone you know prepare for you know the the upcoming stuff and so um so i said well the only thing i can think of is we could contact paramify and we can get your current one converted over um in, uh, go through the ingestion process get that into to param- paramify solution and 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 maybe meet the timeline and. Uh, I know with the company I was with, we we're already looking at um, and planning for uh, adopting Paramify. and and so I talked to to leadership within our company and went around got got approvals and said, hey, if you can do this and include the sister company in that that deal, then then let's make it happen. Uh, so I called up Kenny and said, Kenny. Um, we're probably not going to be able to get the contract signed, you know, let alone, you know, everything submitted in time, but we've got a deliverable that's due in, in less than a week. Can you help out? <laughs> and Kenny said, yeah, sure, let's do it.
0: <laughs> you guys, and you, to your credit, you got everybody on, and uh, it was nice because we had, you know, all the people who knew at least, you know, what are the components that you had. But, yeah, that's, that was, yeah.
2: That That's incredible. So at, was there at any point in time for – Um, you Kenny when Brad came to you and was like hey we need an ATO package done in about a week did you have any concerns like is that can I do that or were you just like
0: I had no concerns honestly I had no concerns because I know Brad and he we we both understand it right I had no concerns whatsoever I said hey just come in and he did we came into the office and we had a bunch of people remote you know on the on the call but I had zero concerns that we would be able to help him right and um it's just, I mean, it's, it's just so cool where we are in 2024. You know, we finally have a solution where you, you don't have to spend months, even years, you know, I guess like in a year and a half, right? Doing this stuff, right? And so... Or um, gazillions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Some, yeah, it just blows up budget. I mean, documentation really blows up budgets for risk management, not just in cyber, but think of anything compliance related. You know, um, and I think the reason for that is kind of what I talked about. There's three aspects to every single cyber assessment or any risk assessment for that manner. You have planning. Uh, what is it that we're looking for, you know, and w- what's the risks and what, what do I have, yeah. you know, and then you have, okay, now we got to go assess. Is the firewall turned on, you know, and then what are the components you're going to use for that? And then finally, you have to report and the way that the compliance regime expects you to report on that. And oftentimes people miss on planning, right, at the very beginning. And so you can see, like, you go, all right, we're going to go through the assessment. And then you find, you go into the report and you're like, hey, we didn't didn't talk about this and we didn't do this. And you're like, oh, well, we were supposed to do that in planning, you know and so it becomes this freaky circle you know (laughs) where like in budgets just get destroyed Mm -hmm. typically and so that was the pain point you know and i think brad kind of knew uh had the foresight like that's that's what we we had the potential to do something like that right and so i had zero concerns i don't know if brad felt the same but (laughs) no i i was
1: i was pretty confident that that you know, you'd be able to do it. We've we've talked about a lot. I've seen what software does. We implemented it, you know, back at Palo Alto, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, didn't have any concerns. And and um, it was interesting, um, kind of going back to we were talking about today and some cool things that that have happened outside of this. But yeah, um, I got a text this morning. Well, let me step back. Uh, one of the guys I work closely with uh, with this organization I'm with. He's he's on the federal side and. And we've got a good relationship, and you know he knows how important the FedRAMP is for their sales. And he had called me, you know, early in in January just to say, hey, this sister company uh, and ours, their sales teams are going to start working closely together, and and so it's important that you help this sister company so that we can, you know, better enable sales. Well, fast forward to this morning, I get a text from him that said, "Congratulations, Brad. Well deserved, my friend." I'm like what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I missed something. I'm like, looking through my email, did I get a promotion? Did I get a bonus? Yeah. Or, and I, and anyways, he said, well, we're, we're at uh, sales kickoff and they just displayed the, the champion circle. And your name was on that list.
2: <laughs>
1: nice. And I was like, Okay, I don't I don't know why, but I think part of it was was because of of this, because of Paramify and and just stepping in to help, and yeah. it just it uh, it looked really good, made me look good. I didn't do a whole lot other than you
0: stepped into the Iron Man suit. <laughs> that's right, right. Yeah. you were the Tony Stark, and you stepped in and you did it right. And so yeah, that I think that's it's so really cool. important, even when you do get tools like Paramify, which are great, you know, and other AI tools that are going to come out. Um, we're finding that. You know, a tool like Paramify might be getting you to, you know, 99 yards or 95 yards or, you know, maybe 85, depending on how complex things things are. But you still need like Christian McCaffrey to go running. And sorry, Lions fans, if you're like listen, <laughs> Sorry, but like <laughs> and uh, and you do need people who are good really to, to tie out those loose ends. But they'll have the the focus and the wherewithal to actually complete. The whole thing. A lot of times, you know, compliance. You just get the fatigue at about eighty percent done or seventy percent done, and then things start to, uh, you know, things start to fall apart. With like anything, right? If it's gargantuan, and so we, we can be a catalyst, you know, to to kind of make those great things happen. You know, that's yeah,
1: and and I think that's an important point in that, you know, what you guys have to offer it doesn't get us 100% there, Mm -hmm. but it gets us 90% there within a short period of time. And it makes that last 10% so much easier to manage and to maintain. And you don't, you know, have that fatigue and not worn out on those things that can sometimes be tedious. Yeah. So you still need
0: the expertise. So you talked, Brad, about how um, right now, if you're, if you know FedRAMP or if you know CMMC, man, you are not wanting for work, right? There's, right. there's plenty of people who need you uh, right now. And it will probably persist right into the future, right? Just because, you know, cyber is just such an important problem. I mean, a lot of the wars are going to have some sort of element of, you know, cyber. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is, unfortunately, right? Uh, my friend actually works for the, uh, uh, for the Cyber Warfare Division, for the Air Force, and he, he was talking about just how cool <laughs> his job is. It sounds so cool, but he's involved with, um, you know, sometimes it will involve Space Force. It will involve, you know, Air Force, like Navy, and, you know, all of the divisions, right, from, you know, from the military. Yeah. And cyber is like a main component. You're providing the weapons, right, or the defenses, right, so that the F-35 doesn't get, you know, hacked. And um, I asked him about it because I'm like, okay, you – Uh, do all this awesome stuff, and I'm like, where do you put, like, do you you build programs, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we build them. I'm like, but they just stay on my laptop, because if I put this system on, and it starts talking to NipperNet, you know, that, you know, that's the uh, government, uh, the government network, right, for DoD. Um, If I do that, it has to ATO, (laughs) right, I have to get an ATO, so you have to get this little FedRAM thing, so, Um, I thought that was just a really interesting anecdote that he told me that. And I'm like, Yeah, man, what if you had a solution that could like help you with ATL? He's like, Oh, that'd be amazing. So, yeah. anyways, we're talking to him. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so cool. But you but anyways, um, so you've got you've you've also helped other people, right? You know, on the side, you got plenty of work right um happening right now. So what are what are some of the challenges that you see? Because you you do need a Tony Stark to do FedRAMP. You do need someone who knows what's going on. You can't have a tool and abdicate everything to it. Otherwise, you get the mediocre result you deserve, right? right. So, tell us what, what are some of the challenges that you, you 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 see generally when people are going into FedRAMP? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, one of the biggest challenges is resources. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of people that have the expertise and the know-how. Um, and so, one, getting them is expensive, um, and, and two, the process is long, so it takes a while. Um, a lot of that has been documentation, you know, mm-hmm. getting the system ready, getting uh, your your environment set up, and and and. Paramify has done a great job of helping to reduce at least the, the documentation preparation side of that and the manage of that. And that also helps with the resourcing, meaning that you don't need as many resources to manage, um, manage the the, the documentation and, and keep that going forward. And and I know you guys are looking at other areas where you can help improve and reduce what's needed in terms of, of resources, but everywhere I've been I've always lacked for for resources having resources and the budget from the company to to be able to spend to do that and so it's a constant battle of trying to uh, do more with less and being able to have a, a solution out there like Paramify to help with that is just just amazing um but but yeah so as as other companies have come to me and said hey we need some help with this can you help and and, you know, uh, try and help and do what they can. But with a, with a tool like Paramify, it's going to make it so much easier to help, help more people and help them get further along quicker. Um, that being said, there's still the, you know, the government cycle yeah. that, that seems to take a while. You yeah. get to, you hurry up and get to point A, and then you've got to wait for, seems like weeks or months to, to start the next step and, and move on. Um, I don't know what we can do about that, but maybe you've <laughs> got some ideas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Oskal... They say it's supposed to speed that up a little bit, but um, we don't know for sure. But it is absolutely helpful for us already because of the standardization of, you know, reporting language or controls language, right? How it's assessed and, you know, how you report on that. So we're excited about that. Um, and so it is maybe giving them the tools, right? And I- I'm encouraged. I think that there's... well. I mean, there's just so much friction right now. Yeah. The the things that sometimes people ask for, you know, for the other areas we're getting to. Um, uh, so Tyler and uh, um, Adam were showing me because they're running product, right? Mm-hmm. They were showing me, I forget what it was. Do you remember the name of that thing that they have? But they have this this chart and, you know, we can maybe. Oh, yeah, the chart. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically a, the, you have this line of things that people want. It goes up like that, right? Things that people want, and then uh, things that are like just wow them, right? Right. And then there's the things that just like I'm mad if this doesn't work. Yep. And a lot of the and a lot of the things that I get from people for those new areas that we're getting to and come on, it's like really low bar, and we're like, okay, yeah, we can probably do that, <laughs> right? Because it's like, um, it's just there's so much more to solve, right? Still, so there's a lot of opportunity for everyone. That, that's doing it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway,
2: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um we mentioned the Oscal just barely. Um I'm curious Brad from p- your perspective. Do you see any benefit to um utilizing Oscal SSPs over like traditional? Or not necessarily over traditional, but just utilizing Oscal SSPs.
1: Yeah, I think this goes back to what we were talking about just a, a few minutes ago. Where y you, you know you hurry up, get things ready, you submit it, and then you wait on the government to 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 process and to to get get ready and and look at your package and stuff. but um I think they're starting to catch up. they're making improvements, but one of them that they've said is that. You know, if we can deliver a package in OSCAL format, an SSP an SS, in, in OSCAL format, then that's going to make their job a lot easier. And that helps to reduce that that cycle, that time to, to market. And so um, I haven't personally seen it yet, but, <laughs> but from what I understand, that's the case. And as, um, you know, we're working with our, our current customers um, and, and we'll be submitting those in OSCAL format, you know, we hope to see the benefits of that. And I, I think that will be a standard going forward. Both for packages, for continuous monitoring, et cetera, and so I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I'm really well. It came from NIST, but um, the FedRAMP, the GSA, really kind of led out, you know, with making OSCAL what it is now, right? So um, I, I'm familiar with the team at uh, NIST, and and they're awesome. I think it's one of the most important innovations in the GRC s- space, um, not just for FedRAMP, but it's going to be for everything. Because you remember what I talked about in the beginning. Uh, you have when when you have a control and you make like for example common controls, you take away all the context of you know what's being asked, (laughs) what's being asked. Uh, uh, how do I need to execute what is being asked and in what way? And then how do I need to report on it? And so OSCOUT solves that problem in a real big way. So I'm really encouraged about you know the ability to not only do FedRAMP but you know CJIS and and you know in SOC 2 and ISO and all the reporting there, a lot of the tools right now are really focused on, you know, evidence collection. And it's kind of a red ocean in terms of business opportunity uh, because for every connector you build, you have to, you have a dev, right? That has to support it. So there's some great solutions and I think they're going to win, but uh, I knew for sure that wasn't an area that we were going to be able to add a lot of value, but that's okay because there's still so much more, friction and um so anyways we're excited to oscal allows for the kind of reporting mm-hmm. that comes that could and if you you're partnering with those people that do those tools like the Dratas and the bantas and and all the other tools that are doing assessment the secure frame all those things yeah. you know you have an opportunity to to automate the whole cycle right if you kind of combine them together
2: yeah yeah right? that's very cool so cool and then um well, I wanted to ask you guys real quick, this is kind of parlaying back to um, how you guys created that ATO package a couple of weeks ago. I'm just kind of curious, uh, how long did it actually take? Because I remember it being around like five hours or so, but I was like editing and I wasn't fully paying attention. But yeah, how long did it actually take for you guys to create that ATO package?
1: Um, so I, th- I seem to recall we, we started around 10 in the morning and took a break, had a little break in there and. By 3 o'clock, we are done, but then there was kind of some pauses in there trying to work on some stuff. So it was um, less than five hours, but it probably was closer to three, three and a half.
2: That's insane. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. so powerful.
0: We're so excited about it. Yeah, and it's just going to get better, right, as we bring more and more feature and pl- features and platform, right? So I think um, a lot of times we tend i mean our our tendency when we don't understand things right which is you know people like Brad and his team like they're they're experts they understand <clears throat> but um others they will get overwhelmed really quickly with what's being asked and like i have to you know it's thousands of pages right potentially yeah. right that you're that you're needing to deal with right so it the whole objective here is take a step back take a step back and let's let's look at okay what are what are the people we have what are where are we deployed what kind of data do we have and what are the things that we're using to you know secure that data um, and to you know take data in and all that stuff and so um, that that was just a discovery process that we worked out with our you know with our customers over time in many different use cases whether for FedRAMP SOC two or ISO twenty seven thousand one or what have you, yeah. And so I think with Oscal to kind of take it. It kind of gave us the opportunity to to you know really make something great where we could make it as simple as possible because um, tools and technology security isn't a tools and technology problem. It's a it's a strategy problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if I said that right, but. Yeah, security's made sense to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So um, Brad, um, what, what do you see um some of the changes uh in in cyber? Where where are you what are you seeing as um kind of maybe an area that's maybe underappreciated right now? Um I don't know. Maybe we can just cut that one out. Cut that, cut <laughs> that. We can just cut that. We can just cut that. I didn't think they were that way. I'm like, oh,
1: where am I going with this yeah, one? Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just uh,
0: edit that out. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so funny.
0: Or keep um, it in and it'll
2: be a... Uh, blooper. Blooper, yeah. No,
0: blooper. No, I think we're good, right?
2: Um, yeah. So here's a question for both of you guys. Okay. Um, So one of the strengths of Paramify is the fact that our deliverables are usually um, more consistent and accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens when, like, a three pal or the PMO um, catches like inconsistencies in the SSP, Mm -hmm. say from like manual documentation? Is there?
1: So so this is I think an ongoing problem with with the SSP in general. Mm -hmm. And that is such a huge document that um, you can get it reviewed one year, everything looks great. The next year, they find all these gaps, these holes, these things that are missing and and, and things that are inconsistent. And so it's a living document. And I think the more you can standardize and cut out the inconsistencies within the document by using something like Paramify, um, using risk solutions... Then it, it makes it much easier to maintain and manage going forward, and gives you much better. Um, um, I guess the whole f- purpose of the FedRAMP PMO is, and, and the program is to get a sense for the risk of your solution. Mm. And if your documentation is weak, that just it doesn't look good. Mm. And so this goes back to the first time I went through this with Adobe. Um, it was the first rodeo we we did, and and we had a a very um, strong agency for a sponsorship, and they just ate us alive in mm-hmm. in our first review, and basically said, well, I don't know if it's going to take you six months or a year, but go back and work on things oh. and get it better. And we're like, what does that mean? And <laughs> we had to go back with the tail between our legs, and it was it was tough, Um, you know because we had to you know, get things more consistent, understand what, you know, they're looking for in terms of how to present it, how to talk through it. And, and you know, to Adobe's credit, you know, we we came back in about four months and, and were able to get it. And so... You know, but it, but it is painful, especially if you don't have you know that foundation of the documentation because that's what they look to, that's what they're reading and trying to understand, and that's where you have to be able to describe yourself and what you're doing and uh, as a company. And um, yeah, there's other measurements for risk with your, your vulnerability uh, assessment, your vulnerability scans, your penetration testing, et cetera, et cetera. But but the documentation becomes so so critical and so important so important. You want to make sure that you put your, your best foot forward, so to speak.
0: I think it's well said. I think when something is off, it just raises the scrutiny, which is not, you, yeah, you don't want to start. Yeah, you know, when they it, start
1: pulling on one thread, yeah. they're like, oh, this is kind of fun, and then they find another thread and yeah. like start pulling on, but <laughs> oh, when they you can't find the those same threads, thing here. And it's it there goes again. a lot better. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, governance in general um like policies and in, in, in standards. If you've got an approach, it's crazy. You might be better off than than most others, right? Because if you have a good plan um, and you document it correctly, it it tends to lower the scrutiny and tends to let people know that, hey, yeah, they've got a plan, they're on this, and we we don't expect perfection. I mean, controls are never going to reduce all risk. That's not their objective. They're just to to mitigate risk. And so there's always going to be limitations. And so we thought that having a system that was a risk-based approach to uh, addressing cyber risk, Mm -hmm. you know, that that, that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. And we know it's not going to be perfect. But when you just have, when you don't have all your ducks in a row, it just raises the scrutiny that much more. It's not fair,
1: but that's how it is. Yeah. Sure is, mm-hmm. and really, you know, I've come to love FedRAMP. Um, I know I'm kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but it's it's the bigger picture of um, FedRAMP is is a high bar for security. And when you go through and you're looking at your organization's processes and you're documenting them and you're you're putting down what your assets are and who the key players are and the roles and responsibilities and and going through that, you're not just enabling yourself to be able to sell to the government. You're making the security of, of your your organization just that much better. And it just makes everything a whole lot easier. And no organization is perfect. There's there's challenges within each organization. But when you go through that, that FedRAMP process, when you even just go through the exercise of documenting what you're doing – it, it helps a lot to understand what you have, what you don't have, what's in place, what's not in place, and what you can do to improve. And it's it's a great measuring tool. It's a great measuring tool for for any any organization, any security organization for for a company.
0: You raise a good point, Brad. Um, a few months ago, there was a pretty high profile attack on just a, a company. I mean, it, you feel bad, right? They're, they do get people do get breached. They yeah. they used to have this. They still have this. Um, uh, they have this. Uh, saying in security, which is assume breach, right? Assume that, you, you know, someone's in there and someone's breached your systems. And so it's kind of funny when uh, we say assume breach in cyber, but when a breach happens, it's like, oh, they're so terrible, right? <laughs> it's it's not easy to implement cybersecurity. And so Brad raises a good point. In this particular company is huge, a huge high value target that a lot of companies depend on. And it wasn't negligence, it was just it's just hard, right? But their FedRAMP systems were fine. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it is a testament to the 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 level of security that you're gonna get when you do have a FedRAMP authorization. It's it's no joke. It's it's um and it's achievable, right? Uh, but you just need things that can can help you actually do the security. And so one of our focuses is um how do we spend less time on the things that can be automated and the things that, you know, kind of unnecessarily make it complex. I mean, yes, I get that you need to do all the things, right? it is a high bar. But is there a way where we can focus on actually implement implementing the capabilities to address risk? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of our focus, right? So that's that's well said. I really I like that question. All right. That's, that's good. That's
2: awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay, man. Well Brad, um uh, you uh, yeah. d- so do you have any favorite books that you've read recently that you know you'd recommend to anyone or, I don't know if you if there's anything you're listening in content you're listening to that
1: um, or yeah, yeah, reading I'm just trying to think um, it was more most of the time it's listening listening to books on tape and, mm-hmm. and whatnot and um, um, kind of on a different completely different tangent I've been Working on trying to be more fit. Yeah, and healthy. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm down about uh, fifteen, twenty pounds. So okay, Congrats, man. That's that's yeah, awesome. thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Feeling yeah. better. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> You're looking handsome as ever. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old and gray as ever. No, nah. <laughs> that's but, awesome. Uh, uh, but one of the books I was been reading, and I and I'm scrambling because I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, um, but uh, it, it's going to come to me here in a second, but it's, it's about, um, uh, about habits and, uh-huh. um, power of habit. Is no, that, no, it's not power. Is it atomic habits? Uh, uh, I think it's atomic habits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the one I've, I've read recently. And just, it, it's, it's amazing because, you know, you think about, uh, one of the goals I had, you know, 10 years ago was to run a marathon or a half marathon mm-hmm. and spent three or four months getting ready for it, ran the half marathon and I checked off that goal. Uh huh. But, um, as soon as that was done, whoosh, I was done running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm tired of doing that. And, nice. uh, and, you know, since then off and on. But, um, and one of the things I loved from that was, um, don't set goals about things to get done, but what you want to become. Mm. Mm. And so looking back at that I was like, Oh, okay. I want to be more healthy. I want to be, you know, a better runner. And so maybe running a half marathon would be you know one of the steps to do that but it's more about you know what is the long term person you want to become yeah. yeah and so i love that perspective and I've been trying to think more about that especially in the new year and you know instead of setting things goals of things i want to accomplish it's what do i want to become what do i want to do to create some some good things uh, that that help me become a better person i That's love
0: beautiful. it i love it yeah. and it's totally evident in what you're what you're talking about because I like um I love that book. Also, I've only read it once and I feel like I didn't, you know, <laughs> it didn't like completely register, but I've been spending more time on the things that I know. Um I I love that that aspect that one of the things I like from that book is uh adding friction to the things that you, you know, yep. your your bad habits, right? What can you do to make make that harder to 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 do so you don't succumb to it when you have those triggers and everything so. or the vice versa or vice versa easier
1: to do by having triggers that that make it easy to do yeah, yeah. yeah. Remove. like you know as part of fitness okay put on my tennis shoes because now you know that's going to trigger that okay now I got to go run or work out or whatever you are removing the friction yeah.
2: Yeah. you got something yeah. man I yeah I um, this is just a question for say um, maybe some of the younger listeners that may be in college or whatnot. Oh, yeah. um, for those who are looking to a uh, start a career in GRC or cybersecurity or infosec, uh, do you have any advice for them on uh, where they should go? For-
1: um, probably the same advice for for anywhere you want to go. Um, and one is is to make connections. It's about networking. You know, get in touch with the people that are doing it. Um, be willing to um, invest time to understand it, to get more familiar with it. Um, you know, you say the word FedRAMP and in a conversation or you hear the word FedRAMP and you know what it is, go home, you know, research it, study it, you know, become more familiar with it, ask questions, you know, to other people and, and showing that interest and that that uh, incentive or that drive to uh, spend the time and the interest to, to study it out and to figure it out and to ask questions, I think is huge. That shows uh, a lot that um, you're willing and um, you know, school is great because it teaches you, you know, certain subjects and, but I think more importantly, it teaches you how to learn. And, um, and I think that, you know, as, as somebody that's been in the, the industry for almost 30 years or so, um, being willing to do stuff that's hard is, is a big thing going back to, you know, that first job I got, you know, I, wasn't as excited about documentation. I wanted to write code or do whatever, but being willing to do the documentation, um, that said a lot, said a lot to the, the, the hiring manager. Thank you, Raymond for, for hiring me, but, um, thanks Raymond. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, that helped me out with, with, uh, with Adobe and, and kind of going through the, the FedRAMP processes. Um, you know, I, I had the, the willingness to drive through and do that. And, and I, you know, they saw that um, there weren't very many people that knew how to spell Fed Ramp back uh, when I started doing that at Adobe, and uh, but they took a chance on that because I was willing to to learn it, and I think that's that's the way with you know anybody wanting to get into GRC is is just uh, you know taking the time to to do the research and and be willing to to um, give your time even if it's not paid to to help somebody out.
0: Brad, uh, <laughs> thanks so much for your time today. Um, you're a good friend. And I'm so glad that we get to continue working together. Thanks for coming on. Feels like long overdue, but uh, thanks for your kind words and uh, for your partnership. Appreciate you, man.
1: Yeah, you too, Kenny. It's been great. All
0: right. (laughs)